Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, we have a very special guest. He is a business humorist, corporate comedian, and syndicated columnist. His name is Greg Swam. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasper. I'm glad you could have me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode. It should be a lot of fun as you're a comedian. So, you know, I'm expecting <laughs> some uh, some funny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> you're based in Chicago, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And tell us a story. You created a YouTube channel and uh, you reached out to me um, to check it out. And I, I did. Uh, you have some f- pretty funny videos on there where you check out the different Airbnb listings and you stay uh, with an Airbnb host for one night. So uh, l- let's talk about how did you get into this? Well, as a, uh, as a corporate stand-up comedian, I, I travel all over the country and really all over the world doing shows for big business groups. And I, I stay – I always stay at very nice places, very nice hotels paid for by the company I'm working for. But And that's great. But I, I like a little variety in life. And about – I don't know. I'd say about six to eight months ago, I became fascinated with the concept of Airbnb and the fact that people open up their homes – to strangers and in many cases live side by side with them. And I thought it must take a very unique person to do that. And really, as a comedian, any comedian will tell you that really our business is people. I am fascinated with meeting different kinds of people and talking to them. It's really where I get a lot of my material. So what I did is I decided since I was going to all these really nice cities, I would, when I could, when schedule permitted, I would add a day and I would find a unique Airbnb host. And when I say unique, I want somebody with a with an interesting profile or an interesting property. I don't always have to go to the biggest one or the most expensive one or the most lavish one. I wanted to I want to go to one that sounds interesting. And then I would I reach out to them and say, I have a web series. It's called A Comedian Walks Into an Airbnb. It's kind of a play on that joke about, you know, two guys walk into a bar. And I said, I would like to stay with you. All that I ask is that you sit down to an on-camera interview with me and you let me film your place. And it's amazing how many people have just readily agreed to that. I've had very few that I've reached out to who said it's not for me. I had a couple, but just about everybody is very excited about this. And I think that kind of goes along with their personalities. Again, if you're going to open your home up to somebody, then I think you're more willing to open your life up to them too. So that's what I've been doing. Awesome. And how many Airbnbs have you stayed at so far? I've stayed at six in the past month and a half, and I have three more coming up in the next three weeks. I uh, uh, I'm having a I'm, I'm having a good year this year. You know, corporate comedy is 
actually it's it's always been very popular. A lot of businesses just like to have they like to laugh at their events at least at some point. So I stay very busy. So I've been to uh, I've been to Vail, Colorado. I've been to Miami Beach. I've been to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Chicago, my hometown. I have been to Washington, D.C. In the next three weeks, I'm going to Nashville. I'm going to San Diego. And uh, I'm going to Denton, Texas, which is about an hour away from Dallas. I'm doing that in the next day or so. So, And I've got a lot more irons in the fire as the, as the summer heats up. Awesome. So what have been some of your, of your experiences? What kind of places have you stayed at so far? Well, one thing I like to do, as I said, I just look for people with interesting profiles. So I don't really say I, it's not like I only stay with people in their 60s or millennials. I find somebody who I think just sounds fun and would be good to chat with on camera. In Washington, D.C., I stayed in a row house, a seven bedroom row house. There were three other bedrooms that were occupied at the time. The host was a, a young couple. Uh, he was 28. She was 26 and both with government jobs and had some very funny stories about the kind of people that they hosted. The, one of the funniest stories they had was the day after President Trump was inaugurated, they had Trump supporters who were here for the inauguration. And they also had women's marchers who were there simply to protest <laughs> President Trump, and they were staying in the same house, which I thought made for a very funny story. <laughs> um, I stayed probably the most unique property I stayed in was I stayed in Vail, Colorado. I found somebody who rented out his Volkswagen van, basically on a bluff overlooking the Rocky Mountains. He found a friend who had some property and let him park the van there, and that's what. He <laughs> that was what he rented was just the van. So it had an air mattress in it. And I stayed there. So that was probably the most unique property that I've stayed in. I stayed in a carriage house owned by a nice uh, retired couple, a uh, semi-retired couple in Tulsa, which was on the back and back of their house that he had grown up in. It's the only house he'd ever lived in. And he actually had had the uh, – he fixed up this carriage house for – his elderly, his mother, and it turned out she was sick. And then all of a sudden she got better and she didn't need a place. So then they thought, well, we got this great property that we've sunk all this money into. What are we going to do with it? So that's how they became Airbnb hosts. Those are the kind of stories that I love. I just love hearing from people about why they choose to host. And I think sometimes, I mean, obviously they want to do it for uh, monetary purposes, but I think a lot of people who host have another reason that they want to offer up their properties. I, I think, again, I think it's they enjoy meeting people. I had a woman in Miami Beach who I stayed with who she said, I like to host people from parts of the world that I will never go to. Oh, that was a really interesting comment. So let's go back to the stay that you had in Ville because I've actually watched, <laughs> I've watched that video. So, you know, every stay you make a video of about five minutes yes. where you talk about the, the place and you interview the host. So it's, it's pretty funny to watch. Um, but I was thinking, you know, a Volkswagen van, it's pretty cold in Ville in the winter, isn't it? <laughs> in February? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And, uh, you know, it's not like he gave me the keys to the van so I could uh, crank up the heat. In fact, he did tell me that the van worked, but uh, I, was, I was certainly was not allowed to drive it. So, yeah, he and I think I know where you're going with this question, <laughs> meaning did I stay there all night? And I will say, no, I couldn't make it. I stayed there about four hours and man, I was cold. And, and he told me that he said, you know, you really have to dress for the elements. And I, I the 
I was only there. I was there to do a show for a client and I just I had to pack really light. So I didn't have my uh, my snowmobile suit wouldn't fit into my carry on bag. So, yeah, I stay. I thought I was going to be able to do it. I stayed there for about four hours. But at about, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, I said, no, I can't do this. So I went and stayed somewhere else. But then I went back. If you watch the video. Yeah, OK. I took a little liberties because. I did go back there at about six o'clock in the morning to film some stuff. So I want to say I stayed there about half the night. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's already uh, quite a long time. <laughs> I mean, it must, be, it must have been freezing. Yeah, but you know, I think it's just funny that this guy. There's this is a guy. He's uh, this is one of the ways he makes money. I was I was very intrigued by him. He had a lot of different uh, jobs, a lot of different ways to make money, and I thought, you know. You you can sit there and uh, on the surface say oh this is silly and make fun of the guy which was certainly not my intent I, I I thought if anything it was very entrepreneurial of him to say hey I've got this van and he say he sees this as a uh, as a source of income and I th I think that's wonderful yeah we were talking about it a little bit before we started recording because he's charging sixty seven dollars which mm -hmm. I think is is quite steep. <laughs> for you know, an old Volkswagen van with a mattress, and yeah. I, you know, I was thinking, I mean, how much does this van cost? You know, maybe a couple thousand dollars, uh, uh, you know, if if maybe less, maybe even less. If he yeah. rents it out, if he rents it out, let's say once a week, you know, at, at sixty-seven dollars times four, that's around two hundred and fifty bucks or so, right, per month yep. times yep. twelve. Well, I guess it's probably. I don't know if people go to Phil in the summer. They do. Um, oh, they do. Okay. He said it's well, it's actually very busy in the summer too, because then you then you can stay in there all right. night and not worry about freezing. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. So, mm -hmm. so that would be like around three thousand dollars just by yeah. renting out once a once a week. Yeah, uh, which is a he, lot more than the he, value of the van, I imagine. Right, but he brought up a good point too. And again, it shows how his mind works. I mean, if you Vail, anybody who's ever been to Vail during ski season, I mean, the average hotel room is probably three fifty, three hundred and fifty, four hundred dollars, and that's before you, you know, you buy your lift tickets. And and I mean, people go to Vail to ski, and uh, it is a very pricey town. I, I I mentioned that in my piece. He did say in the video, he said this is the cheapest place you will. He goes, if if what you want to do is ski. If you want to come out here, he goes, this is the cheapest place you're going to find. And I think he's right about that. So yeah, you're, you're braving the elements and it's certainly not glamorous, but think about, you know, you just, you've just saved $250 and that's money that you can now spend on your lift ticket. And those are not cheaper. I think the, no. I think you showed the prices in the video actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I expected those numbers to change as I had the camera on them. That, that's. That's kind of how expensive <laughs> Vail is. It's a, oh, it's 179. No, wait a minute. Wait, wait. No, no. no now it's 190. What? Oh, I better go get a ticket before they raise. It's like Disneyland prices. They just keep raising them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never skied in Vail. I've passed through the town one time on the. I did a road trip from Chicago, where I used mm -hmm. to live, to uh, San Francisco, but uh, right. which was in the summer or in the fall, so there was no snow yet. But mm -hmm. um, if I hear those prices, then uh, I'll probably pick a different place to go skiing. Yes, yeah, <laughs> not a bad idea. <laughs> unless, I, unless I know somebody who uh, who's hosting there, and I can stay for free. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about some uh, some of your other experience. So you mentioned Washington. You mentioned mm -hmm. Phil. Where Where else have you been? Well, I, I stayed in Miami Beach with a. She was probably my most interesting host. Definitely the funniest that I've ever encountered. She was a uh, retired dancer, but we 
when we say dancer, that's that was that's another way of saying she was an exotic dancer or a stripper. So that's what she used to do. And I knew that and I was interviewing her and she was very open about her past. And so I'm interviewing her at her property, which is a gorgeous place, right on a little piece of water in Miami Beach, Florida. So we had the, this beautiful, you know, water sitting behind me. So she said, uh, I asked her about what she used to do. And she said, well, she goes, I am a former stripper turned house flipper. <laughs> when that came out of her mouth, I was just like, wow, that's, that's we, right. we can end the, inter- we can end, end the interview right there. I don't think I'm going to get anything better. And she said that she, you know, once she stopped in the stripping game, I don't know what prompts you to stop stripping. I didn't get into that <laughs> too much with her, but she became, she got into real estate and she owned and rented out several properties. And then when Airbnb came along again, she just saw it as another stream of income. So she was very, very interesting to talk to. She showed me her whole place. She used to own a rock and roll paraphernalia store in Miami Beach back in the like late 70s. So she had a lot of pictures of her with the very well-known rock stars, Robert Plant and Eric Clapton and Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, all of these who had either who she had either, either come into her store or because of what she did, she was able to get tickets for their concerts. So she showed me all around and, and uh, it was just, we, you know, we had, we just had a great little tour of her property. And that's, again, that's what I like. I, when I do these, uh, you know, these videos, it's, I want those people to be the to be the star. I mean, I, I really do. I I'm kind of the even though I'm a comedian and I like to obviously insert humor into the videos whenever I can. I kind of think of myself as more the straight man in these. I want their personalities to come out, and I just kind of roll the camera and ask them questions and kind of wait for wait for the magic to happen. I guess. And it oh, I I always get one or two or three good stories, and that's what I'm looking for. Host, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. They use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com slash pad. You mentioned earlier that being a comedian, it's a lot of people, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's what that's what comedians do. I mean, people think comedians, we sit and we write jokes, that we just sit down at a desk and we write jokes. And I mean, that's some of it, but where do we get the ideas for those jokes? We get them by paying attention to people and studying them and and watching them and listening to them. I, I am a huge cell phone eavesdropper. I, 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 it sounds, and I don't mean that, you know, in a bad way, but I just, I like to listen to people's cell phone conversations because every now and then people will say something funny. They don't realize it, but it's something I'll file away and that'll come back maybe into my show at some point. And, I, and also my background is in television news reporting. And when I, I did that, before I got into stand-up comedy full-time, I was a TV news reporter down in West Palm Beach, Florida. And when you do that, it's kind of the same thing that what I'm doing now is you take a camera and you you aim it at somebody and then you have to get them talking and you have to keep them talking. So that I, the skills that I learned doing TV journalism have really served me well in this project. I can imagine. And, you know, I was just thinking, 
from stripper to house slipper. That kind of makes <laughs> sense too, because yes. being a stripper is also about people and being a house slipper is probably also about people, right? So yes. I was thinking maybe this could be a career opportunity for you as well. Stripping or house flipping? <laughs> I know, that's up to you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> put put that image out of your mind, please, Jasper. <laughs> I don't house know. Flipper, I, yeah, maybe not the other one. <laughs> I don't know uh what your uh what your skill sets are uh, <laughs> other than making jokes. So You know, I'll tell you, I I'm at well, I was gonna say how do I segue off of that, but um I'm 54 years old and in a way I think that my age has re really benefits this type of show because I think you I'm willing to stay anywhere and I think that as as you get a little older you get a little more set in your ways. I mean obviously you know a, a, a 25 year old or a 22 year old would probably look at a van in Vail in the middle of winter and go hey no problem 67 bucks great. Somebody my age might <laughs> say I don't think so. But I, I'm very open and, and I, I think that that's one of the things that hopefully comes through. I mean, is that I, you know, I, I live in a nice house here in Chicago. And as I said, I stay in a lot of nice hotels. And I think the fact that I'm willing to go out there and just kind of put my head on a pillow, wherever that pillow happens to be, is really adds an element of humor to this presentation because I'm really out of my element an awful lot. Are, are you planning to be an Airbnb host yourself at some point? I don't know. I'd have to ask, ask my wife. I don't, I'm not sure she'd be real keen on the idea. Um, it's not something right now. My house doesn't. Well, actually, that's not true. I do have an, I, my, I have a daughter who's in college and it's funny because I, I also write a, a syndicated humor column for the Chicago Tribune. And I did a few months ago write a column that was entitled, my daughter's bedroom would look great on Airbnb. And the whole gist of the column was that I was going to rent, now that she's off at college, I was going to rent her bedroom out without telling her. So, and then that's another thing that kind of got me interested in the Airbnb concept was writing this column. Um, and then I thought, wow, I, you know, here I'm sort of poking, not poking fun at, but I'm sort of showing, I'm sort of describing how people get into Airbnb and why don't I go out there and do it? So I don't know if I'll ever become a host. I kind of like it the other way. I like being hosted. Um, I like being that person. Right. Yeah. And, that, and now your, your YouTube channel is called Comedian Walks Into an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. uh, it could also be a comedian hosts on Airbnb. It could. I have heard of... Yeah, I, I did some Googling when I came up with this web series just to make sure that nobody else was doing something like what I'm doing and, and they're not. But I, I did come across a listing, an Airbnb listing. It was in California and it is the property was hosted by, was owned by or rented out by uh, four comedians. That's the way they uh, uh, portrayed it on the on the Airbnb site. They did say that a lot of a lot of times they weren't there. I mean, if you're a comedian, you're if if you're not traveling a lot, you're not making money as a comedian. That was like the closest thing I came to where comedy interlaced with the Airbnb concept. And what are your plans with this series? Well, what I want to do, I mean, obviously, Airbnb, if you're listening. <laughs> It's a lot of free publicity for you. I really want to take this to one of the streaming video channels, or I, I, I can even see it on uh, something like the Travel Channel, a, a cable network. I, I think I think the idea of me entertaining people while I'm being entertained myself and doing it every week in a different location is very appealing to a lot of people. I mean, I've been told, what's your target audience? I don't think I have one. I think everybody. I mean, everybody travels, and I think everybody likes to see different 
locations and different ways of traveling. So my goal is to get, I've, I've got six done. I've got three more coming up in the next three weeks. And once I get about 10 or 11, I think I'm going to take it to, to like streaming media and so forth and, uh, and uh, just kind of see where it goes. I mean, every one that I do, I'm refining my interviewing technique and I'm trying to do more than just shoot the property. I'm doing one in Texas in a couple of days. And the, the woman that I found is very big into flea markets. Uh, that's what's all over her profile. So I asked her, I said, if I stayed at your place, which is an Airstream trailer, by the way, I said, do you want to go flea market shopping? And she goes, absolutely. So that's what we're going to do. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, you have some pretty interesting uh, listings these days. Like you got the yeah. tree houses and you know igloos and God knows what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, and I think that's what's so cool about it is you really get a sense into how other people live. I mean, I I was off last week. I didn't have any gigs, and I, as I said, I live in Chicago. So I thought, well, I'll do an Airbnb in Chicago. And I picked a a, a host who lives in uh, the West Loop. And you, you're from, you, you spent some time in Chicago. So I think you know that that is a really, really happening neighborhood. And this is a guy that owned a three bedroom loft. And it's the kind of place that I probably would never stay in. It's kind of like the Miami Beach lady. It, I would never probably buy a three bedroom loft and, and stay in there. And, and this gave me the opportunity to feel for a night like I actually was living there. And um, it was incredibly you know, it was walking distance to just about to a lot of the really cool new places that Chicago has to offer in an up and coming neighborhood. It was almost like, you know, it was like going on vacation in my own city. And that was kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting because as a host, I also learned a lot about my own city because there's, mm -hmm. there's just all these tourist places that you, for some reason, living in a city, you would, you just don't go there, you know? Yeah. And I, at some point I asked myself the question, like, why not? Right, right. Now, do you, let me ask you a question. Do you, when you host people, I mean, do you hang out with them or, I mean, do you offer to go around the city with them, be sort of a tour guide? If, if I'm there, yes, but I'm mm -hmm. not there very often because okay. you know, I'm pretty much traveling full time. But right. uh, if I am in Amsterdam, then uh, I definitely uh, always ask the guests if they're, you know, if they want to have a cup of coffee together and get to know them a little bit and kind of get mm -hmm. a feel for how much interaction that they're looking for. Yeah. And I'm sure that they're all different. I'm sure there are some that want to hang out and there are probably people that, that don't want to hang out. I would imagine you could probably figure that out very quickly, couldn't you? Yeah, you get you definitely develop a skill for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, hosted, I've hosted over like 350 groups, but like I said, most of the time I'm not there. But even yeah. through communication, you get a feel for you know how many how much contact they want to have over the phone or over WhatsApp or Skype or whatever right. it may be. You know, some people they uh, you know they they write very short answers, and mm -hmm. so you know that's an indication that okay, probably I shouldn't bother them too much. Right. Yeah. Whereas yeah. other people, they, they share a lot about themselves and they ask questions and then, and then I get very personal. I should, I sent them pictures of where I am and talk to them about travel and all sorts of stuff. Uh -huh. I think, you know, one of the reasons I think Airbnb is successful is that on the surface, what I'm going to say sounds kind of strange. Like you would immediately think you would immediately dispute me, but I think it's true. I think we are a very trusting society now. And part of you think, oh, no, we're not. We all live behind fences and we all, you know, we all carry weapons now because we never know who's going to, you know, who we're going to run into. But yet think about it. We, you, you think of how successful Airbnb is. You think of how successful Uber is where people, we just let people 
pick us up in their own cars and we trust that they're going to get us where we're going. And Airbnb is the same thing. I think it's a concept that is based on trust. And, uh, you know, these, these folks in Washington, D.C., this couple said, hey, do you want to go out for a drink? And we know this great chicken place. And I go, absolutely. And I think that's very refreshing that people are willing to do that. They're just basing it on how your, your reviews and also that initial meeting with you. Yeah, I think it's definitely something that it's a trend. You know, people are getting more used to sharing things and yes. you know, and meeting strangers. Yes. And, I mean, um, when you think about when you think of how openly we give our credit card to people, you know, that that right away says that we trust you. I'm going to give you my credit card number over the phone and I'm going to trust that you're not going to, you know, run wild with this information that I just gave you. I, I put a lot of that kind of material into my uh, into my stand up act about how we're we're a very trusting society now, and I've, I've encountered several situations where, you know, where it's just like really you're asking me to do that, but that's just that's the society that we live in now, and I I, I think it's and I think that's a good thing. Awesome. So let's uh, let the listeners know how they can find your YouTube channel before we mm-hmm. before okay. I let you go. All right. Well, my, my website, if you want to, if you, first of all, if you want to laugh, you go to gregschwem.com. So G-R-E-G-S-C-H-W-E-M.com. The best way to find my YouTube channel is just to search on Google, a comedian walks into an Airbnb. You search that and all my videos will come up there. Awesome. Right? And I, highly, I hope you'll, I hope everybody subscribes. I love when people write comments too. I usually respond to all of them just because that's something I enjoy doing. <laughs> Um, so, and you know what, it's funny because after, when I first launched the channel and I started putting photos, I started putting some of these videos up like on my Facebook page and things like that. I had three of my Facebook friends say, Hey, I'd love to host you. Um, (laughs) so I thought that was kind of interesting. Very cool. I'll definitely look forward to checking out uh, some of your videos in the future and, Mm -hmm. uh, good luck with the, with the show. And, uh, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jasper. Best of luck to you. All right. Bye-bye. And to the listeners, thanks for listening. And uh, until next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.